All right. We are with Gulnaz Yamanpour. She is the events and promotions coordinator for Four Post. We are live doing a podcast at Four Post in the Mall of America. It is a Wednesday night. It is 6 o'clock. The mall is uh, recovering from the holidays. Gulnaz, was it just crazy in here during the holidays? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can imagine. <laughs> Um, when people uh, are in- listening and they're interested in like undertaking, like, hey, maybe that would be something for me. You've got like pop up opportunities that people can do that maybe just want to get a little bit of experience at the mall. Tell right. me what that's like. Yeah, so I, um, I I manage most of the partnerships and events here, so we do have pop up opportunities for anyone that's maybe just curious about Four Post or um, maybe doesn't is not there yet to do a studio shop. So we offer weekend and weekday pop-ups, um, and the rates are pretty reasonable right now. They might change in the future, but yep. if you're interested or anyone's interested, just submit a request on our website at fourpost.com, and that will go to our community inbox, and then we can mm-hmm. uh, vet out and contact you and just set something up as soon as possible. Is there some kind of a business that you'd love to see in here that's not right now, or is there something when someone fills out that form that you're like, oh, yes, that's the one? Um, is something we're looking for right now. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely looking for, we just started November, so we haven't had a lot. Um, anything in like maybe family based, like moms or kid stuff, pet stuff. We do have cuddle mutt here, but I know pets is a huge thing. Yeah. Cuddle mutt is, um, you can listen to a podcast that we've done with them. I mm-hmm. actually bought, uh, when she came in, Yeah, she gave me a blanket. It's a fleece blanket that's probably like a two by two square it's got a blue on one side and then kind of a brown plaid on the other she researched what colors would be best for dogs Mm -hmm. which I think is really cool right and she gave me this blanket and I have a rescue dog and my dog is just crazy about it she loves it she cuddles in it every night and then I just bought another one tonight for a friend of mine that her she got a rescue dog and brought it over for the weekend, and it didn't have, like, a bed or a blanket. I was like, oh, I need a blanket for this dog. <laughs> um, so that's a great product. Yeah. Uh, okay, so pet things. Pet things. Um, and then really anything from beauty to food, too. We do have um, food opportunities for anyone that wants more like packaged goods. Yes. We, we can't really do a lot of hot food or yep. cold food like that. But um, we're open to everything. So anything that anyone's interested in will as long as it doesn't compete with the brands in here that's kind of what i try to make sure that the brands that do pop up we're not like competing directly with another brand that that there's a good variety exactly and then people also you still do the three six and 12 month leases too so if someone wants to really figure out is retail going to be the place for me yeah they can do that with you yeah definitely well it won't be with me but we can definitely inquire with me and we do have three six twelve months we have cubes triangles we also have wall space so there's three different styles and if you're food obviously you'll be in the eatery area um but yeah there's a lot of uh opportunity there's also an educational component Uh, we have something called a dashboard where our members can go on there and connect and um read about blogs that are just exclusive for the members too yeah because you take a really different approach and that you're trying to teach these makers how to be better retailers too exactly yeah we're trying to kind of be more um a partner in that aspect like teaching anything we can from retailing merchandising uh, marketing, anything like that. And so, and that also goes into our events. So in the future, we'll have more B2B events. I was going to ask about yeah. that. Like we talked about social media with Celestine, um, and that that's an area where you really have to stay on top of it. And mm-hmm. you're such an expert in that yourself. Oh, Might thanks. that be something you'd offer? Yeah, definitely. Like consulting services. We also have a lot of, we have a marketplace for our members. If you um, are a entrepreneur here and you have a studio shop, you can go on there and there's a marketplace of 
people that we recommend, uh, either it's uh, in marketing photography or merchandising, anything like that. We offer that. I love that. And maybe even um, so many makers that I meet, like they just don't have time to do this. Mm -hmm. And they also, they don't have huge marketing budget, so they can't really afford to pay someone. But maybe if they co-opted with someone else... You right. could have a social media person that could work for like five brands, let's say, or exactly. do yeah. something like that. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you for having us in. I'm going to move over to Jordan Diorio here. Jordan, I'm going to move my chair. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm a little chilly and I have my winter jacket on, so I look crazy. You have no body fat, honey. <laughs> I'm over here, like, sweating. I'm practically in a tank top and a T-shirt. I'm so hot. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I just have to try to describe your super cool outfit. Number one, you have like really cool pants on, just Thank like you. skinny jeans. Then you have like this really almost like Japanese looking unstructured suede rose colored shirt that is a little boxy that is so beautifully cut. You have good Thank style, you. my friend. You want to know you want to know a secret? Yes. These Did are you? both hand-me-downs that I'm wearing. Really? From Yes, a just a friend of mine. And now I'm going to take off my jacket. Okay, yeah, so your friend has good style. And yeah. you're a jewelry designer, so yes. it's no surprise that style is important to you. You have a really interesting story. Um, I read a little bit about you. And you were working in project management. And tell me about how you learned that, like, I need to be a jeweler. So I was working at like a technology startup as a project manager. So the opposite of the previous interview that you just did. So I'm very tech savvy. Yeah. And um, I've always been interested in jewelry. I've been wearing jewelry probably since I was three. Like there's pictures of me in ballet class wearing a watch and I couldn't even tell time. Cute. And my mother was like insistent that she told me I was insistent on wearing a watch. So I've always worn jewelry. My grandmother, who passed away three years ago, I have a lot of her heirlooms. I wear actually a lot of her rings every day. So I love the idea that jewelry is something that is timeless, that reminds you of a person, a place, or a memory. And so personal. Yes. Super personal. It's an emotional purchase. And I'm a self-taught designer. I just, I like to work with my hands. And because I was working in a industry where you're attached to your computer I wanted a break which that's where the jewelry came in so were you designing the jewelry or literally making it so I was designing and making it and some of the pieces that I have are like pendulums so I'm not cutting my pendulums by any means because I'm not trained to do that because I would lose a finger probably (laughs) um but Yes. For probably the first year of my business on the side, I was making every single piece. Okay. So you're working the hustle. You're working your day job. Then you're coming and you're working your jewelry job at night. Yes. At what point did you decide, wow, I need to do this full time? Because that's a huge step for a lot of these makers. So I actually received venture capital and that's an interesting story. What? I need that that sound effect to come in the background. Um, so the summer of 2017, which is the first year of my business, this is going to sound a little woo-woo-y, which is not surprising coming from the lady that works with crystals and carries crystals in her purse. Um, I remember I had a really hard summer and I just had gone through a lot of personal issues and I was just having this moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to write myself a check for a lot of money out of my business account, which had $40 in it, by the way, I wrote a six-figure number and I put it in my wallet. And I was like, I am no longer going to work at this job anymore. I'm going to run a business full-time. And I told myself that and I fantasized about it and I would look at that check every single week. 
Okay. Do you know who else did this? Jim Carrey. Yes. Exactly where Amazing. I got is exactly where he I got the idea a $3 million from. Yes. Dollar check. Because I legitimately was looking up like motivational videos on the internet because I was going through such a hard time. And then six months later, um, I have an order come through from this woman. And my director of marketing at my last company, he walks up to me and his eyes got really big. And he goes, there's this woman who just bought two necklaces. You have to meet her. And I was like, okay, cool. So she emailed me before I could even get to her. And she's like, I want to take you out for coffee. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll take a mentor. I need help. This would be awesome. So I meet her for coffee. And within 15 minutes of our conversation, she was trying to make me an offer for my business. And I just remember, like, looking behind me, like, (laughs) what? Is this happening? I was like, I'm sorry. Do you know what business I'm in? Like, jewelry. And, like, I don't really know if I'm ready. And she was like... If you are ready to take the next step, I want you to meet my husband and I want you to Shark Tank style pitch us. And then I remember the car ride from that Starbucks to my day job. I was just crying because I knew my life was going to change. I just knew. And I was like, holy shit, I'm now going to be able to do that thing that I was fantasizing about, which was leaving my job. Yeah. And that you had made it through the power of intention happen in some respects. I mean, yeah. that's a little woo woo. If you yeah. read the secret. It to- oh, totally. So I met her and her husband at a pancake house and I had like an iPad and I was like going through my pitch deck, which I'd never done before. And then I was like laying my jewelry out on a table. And I just remember like her husband was like writing some things on a napkin and then just got really quiet and they were like, okay, we want you to quit your job. We'll fund you for the next two years. And it was double the amount of what I wrote, wrote on that check six okay. months ago. So they're going to give you a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yes. That's amazing. And in return, they are angel investors. So they receive a percentage of equity, which is um, typically how that works. And they play, she, it's a husband and a wife. So yep. they play both self-made entrepreneurs. So they, they see the, the hustle and the grind in themselves and me, which is really flattering. And, the woman wrote, ten, wrote down 10 years ago, her bucket list item was to finance a woman in business who would not have the opportunity otherwise. And you just happen to be that woman. That is such a, that gives you the chills. Yeah, kind of freaks me out sometimes. I'm like, oh God, that's me. That's me. Got to deliver. Totally got to deliver. But they and don't make they, me feel that way. Have they mentored you as well? Yes. She mentors me. She plays more of that strategy role. She's a financial wealth planner. Yep. And he uh, runs a big drywall company. Yep. So they have different expertise that they can help me in. But she is she is a mentor of mine. What do you think it was that she saw in you after buying the two pieces of jewelry that made her come to the table? You know, I think grit. I think it's... Where did you get that grit? How um, did you know you had it? I blame my family. I'm one of seven. So I okay. came from a big Italian... Are you a middle? I'm number five. Okay. Big Italian greaseball family, and <laughs> I know it's so gross, but it's true. Um, I love them, but I just grew up in an environment where you work hard for everything. And and my parents, the best thing about my parents is there were no expectations, so they were never disappointed, and we could always take risks. Right. So I I've been working since I was sixteen, and I've been taking on multiple jobs and just taking risks and trying things. And my parents are so open to that, and. They just constantly instilled in us the only way things are going to happen is if you you do it for yourself. And you make them happen. Yes. So the jewelry itself is very intentional. Mm -hmm. Tell me about 
you're I know you have like six different lines, but yes. you're using crystals, you're using stones that resonate with mm-hmm. people based on what? So there's three elements to the brand. There's beauty. So I love really, really simple design. I love color. Totally inspired by a different color, and I think it evokes emotion when we see certain colors. There's meaning. So all the stones have different properties associated with them. Zodiac signs, if you meditate, there's chakras they're associated with. That's very woo-woo-y, so you don't have to believe in that, but I do. And then the third piece is the stories, what you were talking about. As women, we're all thinking about something we're going through, something our mom, our sister, our daughters, our girlfriends are going through. And I want someone to look at a piece of necklace, a necklace and think of somebody and their story and feel connected to it. So when do you um, make all these connections? Like when you see the stones, do you know? Do you research different stones that activate different things in different people? Tell me about that. Yeah, so a lot of it just comes from different resources. Judy Hall is like the OG of crystals. She has an entire encyclopedia series about crystals. So I've learned just from learning and reading and just being knowledgeable of it. I am not a stone expert. I know just enough for me to inform people, but I have the resources to, to help people who are interested in it. Cause again, there are some people that just like pink and I make a pink necklace, but if they're going through, I actually have a lot of friends that have had a hard time with like infertility and pregnancy and like rose quartz and moonstones really good for that. And I can't promise it's going to get you pregnant because it's illegal and I can't do that. <laughs> but I can't. And you might have to have sex too. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really want to get involved in those things, <laughs> but I do promise that it'll bring energy that'll just help that experience that someone's going through. Yeah. Um, I read an article about you that you talked about four lessons that you thought were important for business people and for yourself. So we're going to talk about that. Yes. So, Number one was know your numbers. Yes. Who taught you that? Because so many makers have no idea what their numbers are. So the idea is, is that if you make a product and it costs you $5 to make it and you mm-hmm. sell it for $10, what your markup is and then what the other costs are that you have associated mm-hmm. with your business. Because you can make 100 things and sell them and mm-hmm. like you're successful, I guess. But if you have to pay anybody, make a living, pay taxes, figure mm-hmm. out your cost of goods, who instilled that in you? So I think that's a two-part answer. Former project manager, it was my job to understand budgets and if we were profitable. So I took my knowledge base of running profitable, huge projects in the tech space and took some of that foundation to look at myself and look at what I'm spending. But I also have an accountant that I work with who is way smarter than me and answers all my annoying bullshit questions about taxes and, and projections and also like... Doing things like understanding your profit and loss report is really important. And that just comes with you have to be comfortable with, one, pulling that report and going in front of somebody and trying to present it to them and getting feedback. How did you find this accountant? So she was through my business partners. But before that, I was honestly just tapping into the people that I worked with in my network. Great. And I would pay them with a necklace. Even like attorneys, there is free legal services at the Hennepin Library through Legal Corp where you can meet with an attorney for free at the beginning of every month. And that's what I was doing for a long time. Oh, that's so smart. Because I couldn't afford an attorney. So I think the most important thing is... If you know people within your network, just ask for help. And most of the time, people want to help you. But with knowing your numbers, I think you should have you have to be comfortable enough to know what you're spending, why you're spending, and be able to pull those reports and interpret them. Right. And not and not freak out. 
and, and it's okay to like freak out, but if you're not understanding your numbers, there's no way you can scale properly. Yeah. And you need to get help to understand them. Yes. It doesn't come easily. No. And it is so painful. It took me six weeks to figure out my cash flow report. And it was because it was multiple rounds of someone who was smarter than me looking at it, ripping it apart and making me do it all over yeah, again. I, I've had that same experience. Oh it's my not God. pretty. Yeah. Um, another lesson you have is protect yourself. And I'm assuming yes. that's from a legal standpoint. Yes. And it's not, it's, that's two part. Protect yourself from like a brand standpoint, like trademark your logo. If you've got designs, try and copyright them. That is also expensive, but also from like, an investment standpoint, I have an 80 page operating agreement with my business partners. And that was like a four hour conversation. I paid for an attorney out of pocket to make sure that both parties felt very good about this agreement. There's yep. even a clause in there. If I die, like it's terrible. Yeah. I don't want to think about that scenario, but, but you do need to think about mm-hmm. that. I was in business with my husband. We had the, if I die clause, right. if you divorce me clause, if mm-hmm. I find you cheating clause, yeah. like <laughs> honestly, yeah. and my other business partner, there are three of us. She was like, Oh, this is getting so uncomfortable. And also that taught me a lot about the, the phrase, just start with the end in mind. It's not negative, but understand like, where do I want my business to be in five years so I make sure that I have a clear exit strategy? Yes. And, the, and the, you know, if you want to sell your business, yes. it takes two years to sell it because totally. you've got to have all your ducks in a row and you've got to have your plans in yes. place and your profitability and maybe you want to buy down debt. Like there's right. a million things that you have to totally. do there. Um, one of the things that I love that was a piece of advice that you get, gave was to have a conservative salary. People don't know when to pay themselves mm-hmm. and then they either pay themselves too much or too little. What mm-hmm. was the sweet spot? For me, I decided to take the similar salary to what I was making at my last job, which was below average yep. for what I should have been making. But my thought was for two years, I'm going to pay myself this amount and then I have no ceiling. So I'm giving myself two years with the salary that I know how to live off of. I ball on a budget. Yeah. I've done it since I was 16. And I now it's time box where I'm going to do this under this salary. And if I hit X amount in sales, I will give myself a certain rate. So just, I think if we time box things and we tie them to specific goals, like what do you mean by time box? That's a phrase I haven't heard before. Time boxing it is just putting it in the constraints of, I have two years under this salary before I give myself a raise. I don't time box. I bet you that's jargony in the advertising (laughs) world. It's like we time box it. I don't know. It just basically means, and I always tell that to people starting a business is like, Give yourself a timeline of how long you want to do it on the side before you either pull the plug, ask for investments or or anything, because it allows yourself to see how far you've come because we yeah. forget to do that. And you talk about envisioning success. Yes. So tell me, like, did you sit in your car with your eyes closed? Like, what did you legitimately do? It sounds like you meditate. Did you do that? I write everything down and okay. I do. I'm a visualizer. I, I'm i sitting with my 2019 yes, goals love in front it. of me written down. I I've known since I was 16 that I want to have a business before I was 30 and I'm 25 and I'm now visualizing where I will be when I'm 30 and it's hopefully acquiring more businesses or starting something else and selling my current business. And, um, it's just a constant reminder. It's just like the, it's just the power of positive thinking. It's so cliche, but it's true. You have to visualize it. And even if it's just for two minutes of something that you want or, you want your business to be, it just helps, but you also need to have a plan too. Yeah. Like dreaming about things is one thing, but also having like a clear business plan that people can help you understand if they're realistic or not, I think is important. And 
if you're hitting those goals, I think it's important too. So it's a fine balance between visualizing your success, but also having a reasonable and attainable plan to achieve the goals to get there. How were you selling things before coming to four post online? Okay. So coming from online into an actual retail environment, Mm -hmm. was that hard for you? It was hard for me from the senses. There's growing pains of hiring really good staff. So I have my own staff at Four Post. I believe in having really good, trained, incentivized staff will make a difference. Because customers, like my, I do everything in the spirit of good customer service. And yeah, I think the biggest challenge with setting up a retail store is what does that experience look like? So I hired a local artist to build all my displays. And as you can tell, it's very pink. I'm trying to subliminally yep. message people with color. <laughs> so when you see blush, you think pink and it's working yep. <laughs> as I've got my blush wristband on. Um, what but does blush or pink mean? It's just a light. I wanted to pick a color that represented the design. So they're light, they're dainty, and they're versatile. Yeah, and airy. And airy, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the biggest learning curve was just figuring out the logistics of good staff, understanding your cost inventory, which you guys talked about previously, how do you how do you prepare for the unpredictable of a new space in a mall that you've never had a presence in? But to me, the entrepreneur loves the idea that this is kind of like an experiment. Yeah. I've had such a great time understanding what products are selling here versus online. What customers is it different? It's totally different. Why do you think? I think it's because people can try on the product and jewelry is such an emotional per- uh, purchase. I feel like you can only do so much with a beautiful photo. Like I feel like you have to see my jewelry in person and try it on and be with your mom while you're buying it and thinking about somebody or putting on the earrings that, um, it just creates a different experience. And it sounds like that's a positive thing and that you like this retail environment. Yeah. I think that as much as I think everybody's trying to do the scary, like retails disappearing, I disagree. I think in-store retail is always going to exist, but ideas like this are going to kind of change the way we view it and make it more approachable. So brands like me, who maybe can't afford to own my own store, can test a model like this to see if I eventually down the line want to have my own store. And did Nordstrom find you here? Because there was a picture online of you and someone from Nordstrom, and they're carrying some of your products. How did that happen? So lesson I learned from Nordstrom was if you don't ask, you don't get. So last April, I was having lunch at the Ridgedale Mall, at the Ridgedale location, yeah. which is a beautiful restaurant in that Nordstrom. Really good salad. And <laughs> if you haven't been, get their salad. Um, and I don't really care for salads. But I remember I was having a meeting with my business partners, and they're like, how do we get into Nordstrom? And I was like, I don't know. I'll go ask. So I <laughs> asked the store manager, and I said, hey, I'm a local brand. I basically gave her a 30-second pitch on why she should do a pop-up with me. And she was like, okay, here's my email. Just send me your stuff. So then I sent her my stuff, and then she never responded because people in retail are never responding to emails because they're on the floor. Sure. So I called her every week for three weeks until she was like, okay, here are the two dates. You can do a pop-up for the day. You have to manage everything. I was like, okay, perfect. So I did one pop-up. I exceeded the sales goal for the day. And then over the summer, Nordstrom Corporate caught wind of this, and they were like, whoa, 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 why didn't we know about this? I was like, oh, do you guys want to do a pop-up with me? And they were like, okay. So then in October, I hosted another pop-up, and I doubled my sales from the last one. And I actually think I was the highest sales for that day in that store. Did, the, did they give the managers that kind of autonomy to have? have a pop-up in Nordstrom's that just seems so crazy to me well I'm a rule maker not a rule breaker we just kind of made our own rules and then we asked for 
for forgiveness later. Yes, and that's uh, don't ask for permission, beg for forgiveness yes. is the motto of. Totally. And I, and after that, after they saw that October pop-up sales, then I got connected to a buyer in Seattle that I now have a relationship with was like, let's test your stuff online um, for the next few months. So cool. then six weeks later, I launched right before Christmas online. Okay. Tell me you're like positive Patty. Like everything is positive, <laughs> positive and Patty. I have my crystals in my purse and this is all going so good. I was negative Nancy. Mm-hmm. I would be crying, driving into work, wondering if I could make payroll. I want to know about a day where you were just like, I don't know if I can do it. Have you had a day like that? Oh, oh my God, all the time. I cry all the time. I think everybody <laughs> should cry all the time. It's I'm very a very, healing. God, I've gotten so good at crying at public. In public, I don't even know if I'm doing it anymore. It's incredible. <laughs> I think it's, I just don't, I try not to focus on it. We all have bad days. It's, yep. it's like... Someone once told me, was it a bad day or was it a bad five minutes? Like, just make oh, a decision. A really... And did you just drag it on all day? Because yeah. sometimes I do. And, like, we have off days. That's part of being an entrepreneur. But I just remind myself that, like, I get to work for myself. Like, I know people who have jobs that make way more money than me. But they hate They're what they miserable. do. Yeah. So I, I do have hard days where, like, I was in a situation where I was like, Oh my God, I overdrew the bank account. I have to pay my employees on Friday. And of course I cried. And then I sat in my bathtub and I cried. And then I was like, okay, who do I need to call to help me? And then I called my accountant and then I called my business partner and we figured out a solution. So we're entitled to have off days and we should all cry. Crying is so good. I feel great when I cry, but it's totally therapeutic. But I think the more you allow negativity to fester, the more it comes into your life. Chaos begets chaos. I think that's the expression. And um, it's a choice. You totally get to choose how, how good or bad things affect you and how long you dwell on them. Um, okay. So your, is your time at four post nearing an end and how long will you be here longer? So I'm here. I was at a three month contract as well. So I wrap up at the end of the month, but I am interested in seeing in the future what opportunities hold for four posts. I'd love to come back and do a pop-up. I'm actually doing an event here on the 27th where I'm bringing in all like wellness focused brands to kind of focus on wellness, new year, all that good stuff, just to check in with yourself, which I feel like we don't do. Um, but I also like the idea of testing very similar retail concepts this year, like for post again. And you have a monthly email, yes. a monthly mend that yes. people can subscribe to where they can stay up to date on the information of your business. Um, social, is that important to you? We talked a little bit with Celestine about that. The pictures. Yes. How do we, so like some of these businesses, I mean, jewelry is pretty to look at, but yes. at the end of the day, it's jewelry. It's mm-hmm. pretty to look at. Are you showing active lifestyle shots? Are you, how are you making your Instagram interesting when you're posting five times a week? Yep. So uh, 85% of my social reach is coming from Instagram from people who buy. So people shop right on the posts. Okay. So when you talked about stories, I actually think that there is merit in posts versus stories. I do a lot of sales just for my Instagram post of like making it shoppable. Um, and to answer your question, it's a mix between product and then I also feature a, a real woman who wears men and why I love them. And I actually write like a nice little note of all of the personality traits of these these women that wear my stuff and that they're real. Because just showing pictures of beautiful models wearing jewelry is not who my customer is. They want to see a real person wearing 
my jewelry that they know. This seems really obvious and like, oh, of course, but it's not obvious. It's exceptionally smart. I'm doing a case study right now for a client. And the number one thing that brands can do is create authentic relationships with their customers. Mm-hmm. So you showing someone, um, an example, Target just launched a whole swimsuit line mm-hmm. and the photos were all unretouched. Yeah. And they sold out. Like, yes. People want to have experiences that feel like you and me and we're yes. just sitting down, shooting the shit and having a cup of coffee and a cry mm-hmm. in our tub. <laughs> So that's very oh my smart. God. And I also think the second you've lost sight of your customer, you've just lost your business. The yeah. second you think it's about you and what you want, that's just wrong. You have to follow with what's going on with your customer. You have to have that personal relationship. And you have to be nimble. Like yes. I remember thinking, creating a product and thinking we were going to, we had a, we actually had a brand called Party Pigs and we thought we were going to sell <laughs> postcards for parties through Party Pigs. Well, it was a dumb idea. It didn't go anywhere. (laughs) But for all the nine ideas we had that were dumb, you know, we'd have one or two that was good. And it's never what you think it's going to be. Right. Always. Yeah. It's always something different. Well, this has been really delightful to speak with you. Thank you. We have been at Four Post uh, really having a great time. There are a lot of great local makers out here. Um, It is a new retail concept that I think we'll be seeing more of. People like shopping local. People like seeing brands that are emerging and aren't fully to the Nordstrom level yet, though, Jordan, it looks like you're getting there fast. Um, Thank you for everybody for sharing your experiences today. Thank you for listening to Makers of Minnesota. I'm bad about asking for it, but Jordan, you inspired me. If you listen to this podcast and you like it, please uh, give it a review or let people know about it by sharing any of the podcasts through Facebook or Instagram what one maker learns here helps 20 other makers. And we've got 125 episodes of lots of cool people doing cool things. Thanks for listening. And thanks to four post at the mall of America for having me looking forward to being out here again. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen and I am here with four post and we are at the mall of America. We are on level two four post is a retail concept that brings people and brands together through community and experiences What the company does is they democratize the traditional department store experience and they instead work for local emerging and digitally native brands and they leverage the community, the technology to provide the brands with tools and resources to expand their business. So if you're someone that is an emerging maker and you're interested in thinking about a retail environment, they've got different packages that they can put together for you. If you're interested in popping up just to see, hey, would my product sell in a retail environment? Fourpost is something that you should explore. You can find more information about their models at fourpost.com and check it out. It is a really new and emerging way for brands to collectively do business together, to support each other, and to learn about how to make their brands great.